And, and we are live. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Brian Altuni, and I'm a co-host of Just Two Dads with my with my podcast partner and a partner in Thrive, Mr. Sean Francis. Today, we've got a very special episode of Just Two Dads. We're now into our second year of our podcast, and so uh, isn't it funny? We're waiting until our second year to start talking about communication skills. Maybe that's something that we should have started with in the very beginning. But uh, we've got a very special show uh, with Natasha Kletter. And uh, and her assistant, Lila, here on Just Two Dads. Awesome. Welcome back, everybody. This is really a special episode because I don't think we've actually had um, we've had a guest who has had their right hand assistant um, to help to help with the demonstration. So today is very special. Uh, joining us today is Natasha Kletter and her lovely assistant, Miss Lila. Hello, Lila. Hello. Well, there she is. Okay, good. <laughs> All of a sudden froze. Uh, today, I uh, want to thank everybody for joining us on uh, live on Facebook. And uh, if you're catching us after the fact on YouTube, thank you. Please make comments, share it with your friends and family. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube. We're also on podcast outlets everywhere. Google Podcast, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and, 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 and we're also on WSTX AM radio in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So we welcome all of you who, if you're viewing or listening, today's going to be a fascinating, fascinating episode. We'll be talking about uh, communication skills, something that I think I'm good at. And yet at the same time, I know I'm not that great at it because I tend to <laughs> ramble and fill up, fill up a lot of space. So, um, but for, for families who have children with, with challenges in early, early stages of communication, being able to give them the opportunity to express themselves is so critical, whether you have a neurotypical child or a child with challenges. Um, communication is, is such an important, uh, it's such an important way that we, that we interact with our world. So today is going to be fascinating. Excuse me. It's going to be fascinating and uh, I can't wait to get started. So before we, before we formally start, I'm just going to say hello to our, my, my co-host, my friend, Sean Francis. How are you, buddy? I am thankful, grateful, blessed, and excited to get started. And uh, awesome. with that said, uh, let's kind of jump right into it. We'd like to welcome Natasha Kleiner and her daughter slash assistant, Lila. Welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Hello. Sure. Hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Natasha, I'll start with you um, by, you know, you know, beginning when we have people, you know, our, our guests come on, we begin by, you know, having them tell us a little about themselves um, as a parent to a child with special needs. We, you know, we just do what we do. We don't see ourselves as warriors or heroes, but that is what we are. And every hero has an origin. And from those origins uh, come our superpowers, whether we see them as that or not. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you were um, raised, how you grew up and how that has gotten you on the path and your introduction to the special needs community. Uh, I am an Oregonian. I've lived in Oregon my whole life. Uh, I went to lots of different schools growing up. Um, my mom had some health problems, and so I experienced being uh, the child in the situation where uh, the parent was going to the hospital, and that uh, really taught me a lot about being resilient and um, working hard and having compassion. And uh, my husband and I got married 10 years later, we had our son, Kenny, 
and he just came into the world on his own terms. I <laughs> uh, had open heart surgery as an infant, and that was just the uh, beginning of the journey and the doctors and the therapists and um, trying to help him thrive, not just uh, survive life, but uh, really blossom and seeing what uh, tools were available and how do we change our environment to accommodate his needs. And when he was 18 months old, Lila was born and mm -hmm. um, got to experience how quickly uh, the milestones just go with a typically developing child um, mm -hmm. and the relationships value in the home and the connection and uh, how to help each of us uh, really grow as individuals and as a team. Wow. Amazing. I, and I just wanted to say, so, um, our friend of our show and, uh, and, and a guest, Matt Failer, um, is the person who introduced us, Matt Failer up in Oregon as well. And his, um, and his daughter, Aria, you know, medically complex, uh, as, as I like to call, right. So not that there's a, a, a you know, an, ex an extreme distinction between special needs and medically complex, but you know, it, it, those, those words are, you know, they're, they're valuable because basically it's, it's, it's a, it's a child who is dealing with, with certain issues, whether they're cognitive or physical and they have to, you know, again, need some, need some support to, to succeed. Um, yes. And so first of all, we're grateful for Matt for making the introduction uh, to you yeah. and, and, and excited here. Yeah. Hey Matt. Um, and excited <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> um, to, to carry this story forward. So uh, always grateful. That's the one thing about this, this podcast that Sean and I set out to accomplish was once we, started to talk with folks in the community that um, that that the web of of those who are involved in the community become becomes tighter and that we we all uh, work together to you know to explore what's happening in the space and, and, and give people access to resources that are available so always grateful to Matt so so glad to hear that so so you lived in Oregon your your whole life and you your your first child has some some medically complex issues and then yes. beautiful Lila enters the scene and she's neurotypical and the difference between then and, and I know obviously there's some developmental milestones that that you can you can see the difference um so what sort of like what actions did you take or what did you see to because some people to know what it is that you do today um and the work that you're doing that you're doing now so talk about that a little bit like how did you well what the did you see, what did you explore the experience is wildly different from parenting a medically complex child or a child with um, has a neurodiverse, neurodivergent brain. Uh, you know, you can be a helicopter parent when your child has a lot of health issues. And here with this one, we're not helicopter parents. <laughs> uh, so, the it's just interesting how you can be uh, the same i'm one mom but i have two very different parenting styles with my two children uh, because of their because they're two different people but um the foundation for both of them is all the foundation is the same it's a um communication and empathy and respect uh will always be the dominant um, basis for our family. We are a team. Uh, sometimes it's give and take 
for one child, more give and more take for the other, but mm -hmm. it always comes full circle and uh, making that a family priority of yeah. respect and empathy. Great. I, I great. Early on with, with, uh, with Jordan, my daughter, um, that this term that we all have called the terrible twos when our kids get to some point and they're like, they're, you know, they're, they're in constant tantrum. Mode. The, yeah. The, usually the difficulty is from number blocks. Oh, all right. So this is a little different than that. Maybe, I don't know, but the terrible twos really, it stems from the frustration that children have and their inability to communicate. Right. I mean, Absolutely. that's where they get frustrated, right? They're like, ah, yep. you don't understand what I'm saying. You know, I want more. So and so, <laughs> right. And so, you know, early intervention programs, I know, focus on when children are young, focus on the different ways to communicate and how with some use sign language or or they point to visual cues or whatever it is, but use it ways so they alleviate the frustration and get to a point where communication is facilitated. And so is that that that's been your experience as well? And and. Yeah, the, we used sign language, um, simplified sign language, because our son has motor skills um, challenges, apraxia, uh, which is a, a disconnect from the brain to the body or brain to the mouth. Um, it can affect speech or fine motor skills. And so we were beginning to use uh, picture exchange communication system, PECS, and it wasn't working for us at all. It was creating a problem, not solving one. So uh, that was where I, yeah, that was where I um, chose to make something better. Uh, we needed to solve this problem and Good. give our child a way to communicate with us. It's not, communication is not a one-way street. It's, um, you know, back and forth. A 12-way. Sure. Well, <laughs> sure. That sounds good too. So tell us. So tell us what you created. Tell us what you've what you've done. So I created these um, communication soundboard books, and it was based off of our experience with. Uh, there are lots of soundboard books out there, but they're always like cow, moo, and or one, mm -hmm. two, three, four, five, and uh, the one that really worked in our house was the one for colors, and so it, it would have a page with all the different colors of foods and, or toys, and balls, all the different things. And then you push the button, it would say red. And my son would bring me the book and point to the purple page and point to the blueberries. Or, and he would point to the yellow page and he would point to the banana. And mm -hmm. they were photographs. And that's different from uh, the communication systems that are available. They're always drawings. And for a concrete thinker, black and white thinker, we, they don't think in cartoons, they think in photographs. So right. uh, we need to um, change the photographs to meet the, um, to be able to see what is actually being presented and uh, honor the child and their way of thinking. Is it time for me to so, your you so your impetus was really to make it easier for him to communicate and for you guys at home not to necessarily start a business or something that no you know, it had right. it had I I was not motivated to create a, a product I wanted my child to communicate okay. and mm -hmm. 
and um, I ended up designing his high-tech device as well. Uh, I took his the communication system um, and rebuilt it on his iPad. It was not. Oops. Now let's one one second there. That's that's admirable. It's noble, but it is also not something that the average person is just going to jump up and do. Tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, is your background in that field, or is your background just so that you're just that your mind was so determined to figure out how to make that happen? Because that's a big that's a big deal. Both. Um, I don't have a computer <laughs> background, but I did go to school for mechanical engineering, okay. and so the the thought processes are there. I was taught to analyze and think about how do we solve this problem and we had our own problems in the home and mm -hmm. we had to fix it so i would come up with ways to teach him how to walk and uh, teach him how to access his toys in a functional manner uh, wow. just manipulating the environment and so yeah i wasn't looking to start a business <laughs> uh, but I, I came up with a product with this idea and I had faith in it and I presented it to my aunt and uncle. And so we started the business together uh, with the hopes mm -hmm. <laughs> that it would be um, successful in, in a very specific child demographic. Uh, mm -hmm. And we've had we've had lots of opportunities to work with families and with therapists and uh, it has been wonderful and very very gratifying rewarding to get to wow. see uh, something that i designed strictly based off of what i learned with my own son right. that uh, we have the opportunity to have an impact on on real families wow. on child's life um solving problems and reducing frustration that's the biggest thing is um behavior is communication and right. the child is not misbehaving they are frustrated and misunderstood and not so, able to communicate right yes and so, if you imagine that you, you can't speak and if you can't hand write and if you can't type how do you communicate so, right. so for Getting that, that bridge and right. for a child who has um, maybe some learning disabilities, you can't just hand over a um, high tech device and expect them to learn how to use it. That was right. not our experience. It was um, very deliberate. And so for and those of us, I'm sorry, so for those of our, of our, you know, we have listeners because the show is obviously going to be available on on AM radio at, in on uh, WSDX in the Virgin Islands and then on, po on on podcast outlets. But some are watching us now on Facebook Live and will see us on the YouTube channel. For those that are actually going to be able to see, can you give us a demonstration of how that works? And we can kind of talk through it so that those that can yes, hear only I, will hear as well. Great. I'm going to try, try to change the screen here. So see if this makes a difference. Uh, Natasha, go ahead and say something. Hello. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, it kept us on Sean for some reason. Hello, Lila. All right, I'm going to try to – when you guys start doing the presentation, I'm going to see if I can okay. flip the screen around. So the the, the demonstration is um, we have some food options here, and I have the green book, which is called I Want to Tell You Let's Eat. And on each page has a meal. So there's breakfast, lunch, dinner, 
And then there are vegetables and fruits and um, meat and cheese and drinks. And so it's a visual menu. And mm -hmm. that was a tool that I developed for my son at the time. Um, and there's also dessert. And there's dessert. Can uh, dessert so, out? <laughs> our favorite. Uh, so this was something that I did for my son using photos and a laminator and a Velcro system. But to offer a menu, a visual menu, and be able to point to the food the child wants to eat because we know kids are picky and especially kids on the spectrum they tend to be sensory driven and uh, reject whole food groups uh, so giving them a, a visual and it also it also uh, increases exposure that just being able to see the foods uh, mm -hmm. can be helpful a lot of the times a child will try new food not because it's um, seems to be delicious but because they've just seen it they've it's been on their plate they're they can play with it it is not the expectation of eating it is just the exposure that helps them improve uh in their um sensory driven driven foods so we have a demonstration and lila is going to communicate that she wants to eat and what she wants to eat. So okay. if you want to start using the buttons. Mama, eat. Okay, let's eat. What would you like to eat? Dessert. Dessert, yes. <laughs> let's look at some other choices too. We know we like desserts. What do we have on our plate? We have an apple. Fruit. It's fruit, and we have apples here. But you would like dessert. <laughs> we also have some crackers, and it's not not, not different than what our experience is, though, right? I mean, right. <laughs> uh, we have some ham. We can see the photo of the ham here. It's on the meat page. Mm -hmm. We have no. She's signing no. Um, would you like to tell me what you want to eat? Dessert. Dessert. Okay. <laughs> We do have a little bit of dessert here. <laughs> uh, so then the, the other books. Um, so how does eating dessert make you feel, Lila? Happy. Happy. We feel happy. And if I say no dessert tonight, how do you feel? Frustrated. We feel frustrated. <laughs> okay. That and. So that's Are a book you, of emotions, that particular one there. That's yes, right. and uh, the the feelings are said with the correct tone of voice as well, which is important. Mm. You want the child to, if they're feeling frustrated, they want to say, "I feel frustrated," not frustrated. Um, right. Making sure that the you know name it to tame it that they are having the opportunity to really communicate how they feel. It's it is important. I love um, that name it to tame it. That was awesome. Yeah, yes, tame it. It, it works yeah. for grown-ups too. <laughs> if you can figure out how you're feeling and if you can identify the emotion, it really you feel better. Um, yeah. So, are we? Do you want to do more, or are you all done? <laughs> we made a deal. No, no potty jokes. <laughs> That's my kind of girl. That's it. That's awesome. Okay. Well, with, so, so we have funny. the. Let's go. Uh, and this is like a um, field trip, community book, different places to go to. So what are mm -hmm. you going to go to now? 
Oh, she's, All right. She's okay. Yeah. Right here, Mom. Literal. You are going to outside. You're going to go outside. Bicycle. And ride your bicycle. Museum. I would like to go to the museum. That's a good idea, but not today. Outside. Museum. An out oh, like the children's museum. I love that idea. Okay. Brilliant. So this is when you're all done. Thank you for your help. Thank you, Lila. Lila, thank <laughs> you for the demonstration. Did you have enough to eat? Did you get dessert? I'm getting hungry. She is all done. All done. Okay. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love you. I love you, honey. Wow. <laughs> Goodbye. Fantastic. <laughs> wow. So, Natasha, how long ago, a couple of questions. Well, just how long ago did you come up with that? And then, and how is your son doing now? He is actually doing really well. Um, of course, we have our hiccups. Um, mostly it's uh, driven by medical interventions. We just had a, a rough Thursday last week because he had to get some labs done. And mm -hmm. that was brutal, <laughs> to say the least. But uh, the, the medical stuff is getting worked out. I'm also a big advocate for genetic testing and mm -hmm. not settling for just the basic microarray. Um, we went through that and the microarray came back normal. And I said, that's not good enough. I want more information. And it took three years of battling insurance and getting the geneticist to appeal. And it really, they, they decided to go ahead and do, go move forward with the appeal when our mm -hmm. daughter uh, became the same size as our son. Wow. And we now have a genetic disorder diagnosis. It's very rare, uh, but it explains so much. And it's also, it's a lot of good information. Uh, I didn't know if he had a genetic disorder, could there be um, unknown medical issues and kidneys and organs and liver, things that we we needed to know if, they, if he was going to be okay. So I... That genetic genetic testing is extremely important. Right, genetic testing is sort of self-explanatory. I understand that. I know that you know we were familiar with that um, when my wife was pregnant with that with our son. We had some of that um, that that took place. Um, but what is the? Uh, can you can you tell us about microarray? The microarray is the basic genetic test. So mm -hmm. it's uh, maybe for all the the uh, well known. Uh, genetic disorders and a lot of times with autism they will do a fragile x uh, right. test as well and that's becoming quite common and mostly if it's a developmental delay diagnosis that's not enough they need to have uh, autism along with uh, being failure to thrive or having some other medical challenges, medical problems in order to move forward beyond a microarray. But a lot of that's something that I've found with insurance and developmental disability uh, and the doctors is if you don't back down, <laughs> if you keep fighting, they will get on board. A lot of times I just want to see, are you serious about this? Um, mm. It took us a year and a half to get a medical durable device to paid for by disability and um, a uh, court hearing and just nonsense. But really, if you don't give up, 
like keep fighting for the services for the tools your child needs. So the microarray is something that is genetic testing that essentially equates to scratching the surface. Yes. Um, and then Absolutely. what you just described is, you know, par for not, I, I don't think it's just par for the course It's par, par for all courses, which is, you know, you don't know what you get unless you fight for it. And sometimes yeah. obviously you can't fight for something that you don't know you have access to. So you not only have to fight for what you know, you have to fight to make sure that you educate yourself as no, to what no. it is that you have access to as well. And yeah. those are two different yeah. fights that go hand in hand. Yeah. Putting up the fight for what you know is available versus putting up a fight for the unknown. Um, I don't know what I'm fighting for, but I'm not going away and I'm not backing down. Right. And, right. and I think overall that's the, you know, that's the message that we find consistent with families in this special needs community, which is I, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm entitled to and where do I go to get those resources? And we love to show folks like there's a lot of resources available out there. Once you know what's, what you've got available to you, then you fight like hell. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but that is what happens in, in I don't say, I don't know about the rest of the world, but definitely in the United States, you know, when, when there's something that we're eligible for, we still have to dig for it to find it. And we still have to fight for it to get it, even yes. though it's provided for. So um, your, your, you, you being an advocate for your, for your child is, is admirable. It's why we call, you know, special needs parents warriors because you feel like you're going to war. But the reality is the story is, this is consistent for even neurotypical children. Like there's stuff that you as a parent want to make sure that your child has every tool available to them to, to be yeah. successful. And that's what we're, you know, that's what we're trying to, to, you know, to show that the, 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 the challenges that we have as special needs families transcend the world of special needs, the special needs community. It really is a the great lessons for everybody to to understand and to fight for. So amazing, amazing that mm -hmm. you've done this. And and I don't want to go off the subject, but I, I love the books that you've created. Um and the app that you that you put on your son's iPad is that is that a something that you've made of just you're just keeping for his stuff. You've made it available, you've turned it into a, an actual I know you don't want to productize everything you're doing, but it's an product that people can access to. We have the goal of turning this low-tech system into a high-tech system and keeping um, a lot of the design elements of the color coding and the white space and the photographs and making the jump from low-tech to high-tech much more um, easy because it's not easy to implement in the home. And a lot of it, uh, what I tell parents is to teach, uh, it's called AAC, uh, assistive augmentative communication to teach AAC, you have to speak AAC. So if you're going to teach your child to speak Spanish, you speak Spanish in the home. And so that's this the same way with assistive communication is the parent needs to be modeling and the goal for us, in addition to translating into other languages at, um, and pulling in uh, native language speakers to do the audio, changing the food book to meet the cultural foods so it's appropriate, um, mm -hmm. but also bringing all that into an app. And my son has been using his device um, for years and we would go to the playground and inevitably somebody would approach us and ask us, where can I get that app? Uh, because they have a nephew or a grandson or their own child who has a device, but they hate it. They don't want to use it. It doesn't make sense. And I understand that because the stock model uh, that is available 
doesn't make sense, I would not have been able to figure it out. And I'm a neurotypical adult. So to give it to a uh, child who has learning disabilities or who is a black and white thinker on the spectrum, that's absurd. We need to be speaking their language, not right. ask them to speak ours. Beautiful. So I redesigned the whole thing uh, to meet his needs. And I hope uh, to one day be able to design an app based off of what I designed for him. It's very interest driven. So uh, before he was really in tune with relationships, his way of connecting with people was through their vehicles. So mm. um, I vehicles. added lots of different vehicles and so SUVs. We had a Jeep Wrangler at the time. Jeep Wrangler. And then there are different make and model of Jeep Wrangler. And so I added all the people in his life, each of their vehicles that they would drive, I put onto the uh, app so that he could connect with them. And a lot of it was breaking some of the rules in the speech uh, um, in speech pathology. So you're not supposed to put a full sentence into a button. And I said, I don't care what the rule is. My son Why? is going to speak a whole sentence because they want them to link, um, like to create a full uh, individual sentence, but we weren't there and he wasn't going to be able to do that at that time. Mm -hmm. And I wanted him to be able to say what he wanted to say. So I programmed jokes, jokes. and to teach him how to uh, link and how to tell a joke. You know, the other children are able to tell these silly jokes. He should have that those same rights. So what do you, you call sleeping bull? You call him a bulldozer. So, I don't know if you heard That's it. That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. And, then, and then you're referring to this as augmented? Augmentative and assistive communication, AAC. Mm -hmm. uh, or alternative and assistive communication. Um, so, honoring the child where they are in their development. They're not all ready to create a sentence based off of linking different buttons and um, they should have instead of a Family. instead of a drawing of a mom a cartoon they should have mom's face and oh. instead of um, their their therapist their speech therapist like speech therapist with a little cartoon they should have the face on there and all of our friends are on here and we would we have a wonderful community um, of friends and families who have really uh, helped us along the way and go out of their way to have conversations. And they, a lot of times I would contact them ahead of time and say, Hey, Kenny's learning this new thing. Um, could you create a conversation about it? And, and they're lovely people. So of course they would do that. Um, I would also, uh, i trying to think what else. Long story short, I hope that families more than anything take away from this that if their child is not speaking, mm -hmm. get them assistive communication. Um, a lot of times the emphasis is on speech and um, get them communicating as the speech is developing. The, the research shows that 
the speech, it did um, offering a device or some means of assistive communication, it actually enhances their ability to speak. It does mm -hmm. not restrict it or delay it. Um, it improves. Right, and right. along with that, the behaviors. Let me ask you this. Um, my son is, uh, our son is 15. He's verbal, but he, he may put together an entire sentence to express himself. Um, he may not. Um, for instance, recently he had an instance at, uh, at school where there's a, a, you know, another child that is, uh, very sensory driven. And as a result, um, was kind of just like touching him, whatever he couldn't express carefully, I mean, clearly on his own that that took place. But then at the same time, he's capable, like, for instance, we're, we have this thing where one day he was upset. And then for whatever reason, I started singing the names of the streets. That was about at least three years ago. Now we don't go driving anywhere without me having to sing each street sign as we drive by it. And for whatever reason, and sometimes I'm more tired than others. Yesterday, I was just in the best mood about it. And when he goes, what street is this daddy sing it? And I said, well, if I'm going to sing it, you have to sing it when you ask me. And he was like, oh, no. And I was like, yeah, you got to sing it. And he actually says, all right, I'll sing it if it makes you happy. And that's uh -huh. like, that's not typical that's for him. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. That is, um, that is do precious. You, do you think that using something like this could possibly, uh, and I, I don't want to put you in a situation where you're guaranteeing something that you can't, what do you think the chances are that something like that could be used to have more moments like that? I would recommend you research selective mutism. It's a uh, very specific uh, and, um, accepted thing in the autism community. There are autistic adults who use devices that are fully verbal and they can have conversations, but there are times that the speech is not there. The language piece is not there. They still have the thoughts. They have full stories they want to convey, but it's just, it's the mouthpiece that's missing. So a lot of them have a device or a type to speech if your if your child can read and type that's actually something that we're working on is handwriting is scrapped for us we're just going to work on typing and then um, whatever novel ideas that our child will want to say type it out push the button and it will speak the whole thing so um, selective mutism is a, a really well known or um, widely accepted uh, concept. So uh, offering an assistive communication route for mm -hmm. when speech is not coming. A lot of times it's in a meltdown as well. Um, right. And, you know, they shut down and they can't be reasoned with or they're not going to say, I feel so frustrated because my caregiver showed up 20 minutes late. Um, instead, they communicate by a tantrum or a yeah, yeah, in some form yeah. or another, but it's communication and um, having some alternative way. Because if if you were to be in a foreign land and you only have so many sentences, um, you would need like the Google language app or something to communicate. And like you have, you still have all these ideas. 
And yeah. I know that it's coming out a lot more now that um, autistic children, young adults, adults, they have, um, they're brilliant and they see things in a way that neurotypical people maybe don't. Um, they see the details. They're, they're so perceptive with emotions. I, I didn't know I was going to go here with it, but um, it is something that it, it's, uh, has really guided our experience uh, is that they are so perceptive with how the people around them are feeling. Mm -hmm. And I've actually had to have the conversation with some of our personal support workers that if you are in a, in going through some depression or some anxiety, my child, is going to, my child is going to pick up on it and they are going, he is going to become very rigid and anxious himself. Mm -hmm. So I'm, this is not um, a personal attack. It's just, I need, I need you to know that um, how you are feeling on the inside, he is going to know. And I've had that conversation with other parents that their child is the same way. They're, they're so empathic. They can um, feel what others Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what? I just had a little bit of an, uh, of an epiphany. Um, so we do this every day. Hopefully people are listening to this. I want you guys to listen to this really carefully. We do this every day. Obviously, there are some days that it's easier for me than others. And there's some days where I'll actually tell them, even though I do it. I was like, I really don't feel like singing every single sign. I just, dude, I am so, I'm just exhausted. And then I, and then I say that, and then I think like, that's my biggest problem. <laughs> Life is not that bad, and I'm an idiot, right? But yesterday, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna, okay. Here's what I'm gonna do for everybody. I'm gonna make sure that I give my best self when I sing the street signs because yesterday, as I was doing it, I wasn't just in a good mood doing it. I did something I did when he was a little younger, which is if we're at a stoplight, I'll kind of go. I'd go. What, oh my gosh, what is that over there? And he he's hesitant to look away because he knows that when I look, when he looks away, I'm either going to poke him or grab his <laughs> kneecap and it'll tickle him. So we did that and there was a lot of laughter in addition to me like, ha oh, no, if I'm going to sing the sign, the sign, you do. But then look at what I get in return. Yeah. So, and I'd like to think that I'm present, but I was dense enough to be absent in the moment on many a day. So, <sighs> You know, I was thankful for people being here on the show, but yeah, I Thanks. was. Yeah, thank you, Listen, thank you, Natasha. We don't. <laughs> there was a period of time, I think, when either Sean or I had a tearful moment uh, of realization, and it and it's been a while because these conversations are so are so amazing. But you know, you struck a you struck a nerve, um, and again, I think as parents, we when we're present to the, to really some of the magnificence that occurs with our children, even in the simplest things, um, a comment, like if it makes you happy, uh, is such, it's so impactful. It's so, it's, it's such ra deep ramifications too. Like, like there's, there's more in there than what our children, you know, show us than, than what's and, evident. And it's not even hitting me till today. What that meant I'm taking for granted. Well, I wonder where he picked that up from because that has to be something that he got from YouTube. I mean, you know, but he said it appropriately, so I can't discount that. And I and I'm not just um, I don't just have like tears of gratitude here. I also have tears of guilt because I'm thinking of the days where I'm just like reading the sign, like Angelino Avenue. I just 
but you know, where I'm, right? where I'm less present, you know, like these are things that are not typical to parenting. They, these are experiences that are so unique and special to what we're going through and others are not experiencing just the, like these enchanting moments. Um, I can say because I have one of each and there are just beautiful moments with my daughter, but in those moments of just intense connection with my son, it blows my mind. And when you see them um, do something that maybe would, would you would miss out, you wouldn't see this profound um, moment or like this thought, this huge thought, uh, but we get to see that. And, mm -hmm. and that's so special for, for us. Yeah. Uh, the, just the, the depth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, I, well, it's true. Cause I feel like, oh, there he is. Hi, Ken. <laughs> Thankful. I'm, I'm glad he showed up. Uh, for, for those that are listening, they're like, what are they talking about? Natasha's husband is uh, in the chat here on, uh, on, on Facebook Live. So that, that's fantastic. And his I'm comment thinking... was, keep singing, Sean. That's just literally going to know what he's <laughs> saying. Singing. Keep yeah. singing, Sean. I, you yeah. know what? He's right there with you. Like, there are, he's tired. I'm tired. <laughs> but, uh, but we keep showing up. Even on it's days funny. where, even it's on funny days where I, we don't have it. Because yeah. I, I, ca I caught myself as I was in the middle of it. Yeah, that's the other thing too. We have these worthy thoughts that we kind of, whose value we sort of let go. Because the thought that I had right in the moment, I was having a moment of great critical thinking. Because as I did it, I was enjoying the mood in our interaction. And I was even saying to myself, it's funny how you just let things go. I didn't, I didn't share this with my wife and I might share it with Brian. I would say, oh, check this out. Here's what happened today. I didn't share it with my brother. And those are the three people or my mom that I would share a milestone or a moment with. I shared the milestone with my wife and told her about what he did, but we laughed. I didn't dig deep as we are now. And I, I, I had a very conscious and critical thinking moment where I said, I got to make sure that I can sustain this on the days where I don't feel like it and not just in the car and with him, but how do I give this to myself and everybody I meet every day where I'm feeling like at my most, like, you know, and I thought about it last night, Brian and I've been working on some stuff in our financial business and it's a, you know, a breakthrough that we had um, in terms of being able to help a family and that kind of thing. And I thought of how good I felt about that. And I thought, how do I hold on to this? Even if it's like raining oil around me in a given moment, that's such a big I would say challenge. Put it on sticky notes. Or yeah. hang on your rear view mirror if it makes yeah. you happy. Just like some reminder to like I'm gonna dig deep and when I don't have it, it's there. I just need to dig dig more. Yeah. Um, there was a moment it made me think of uh when our son was still attending public school and he was he's always been into vehicles and one day I was like, I'm just I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna play cars. You know, I playing cars again is not for the 50th time what I want to do, but all right, we'll sit down and he's playing with the bus and he's got the little people and he puts the baby on the bus and the bus goes away and mama, mama, mama as the bus is driving away with the baby and the mom comes and saves the baby and takes it off the bus. 
Mm. And if I hadn't been like in that place to think deeper, I would have just been like, oh yeah, you know, we get you off the bus when you get home from school. But we were having problems uh, getting him on the bus and at Mm. school, even if like shortened days and all of the accommodations. But he was communicating to me through play, get me off the bus, mom, come save me. And it like took me aback, just like, wow, this is really deep and I got to fix this. So there are, I've, I know with echolalia and social stories, our kids Mm -hmm. really communicate profound thoughts. Uh, A lot of times we have to slow down and, Mm -hmm. and perceive and, uh, and recognize that they still waters run deep. They are Mm -hmm. deep deep thinkers mm-hmm. uh, we just can't look at them f- through the neurotypical lens and through um that they are not reading at age five and toilet cha- trained at age two or three we need to look right. at them from a different lens and recognize that they are profound thinkers they are just thinking um you know the the whole like neurotypical versus autism the apple versus uh microsoft they are a different thought process system and Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. we can slow down put our agenda aside that's the (laughs) that's something i've learned so much with my son is he can sniff out an agenda and Mm. if you are coming into the room with a checklist you better check that (laughs) it is not going to happen um and i've i've stumbled across some really great tools uh, one is pathological demand avoidance and mm-hmm. using humor and using um, declarative language and um, just a very different thought. It's not um, timeouts and taking things away. It is um, we are partners in life. And that is something that our family has really learned. Um, me and my husband and me and the kids together, the four of us, that we are um co-exploring we are going on this journey together uh, mm-hmm. and that has really changed our family dynamics for the better yeah there's two things you you mentioned that i wanted to to, to touch on um because our audience is broad and our goal is for it to be even broader um for those that aren't familiar with echolalia that is the um the repetitive um the repetitious you know the repeating of a uh, either a, a sound or a or a word which can also often give us the false impression that there's no real connection between the word and it's just being said. Sometimes that's true, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's it's um, there's a, a great deal of meaning there. And then the other thing is what I took away from what you just said, which you know I'm being reminded of as should be any other parent, especially if they're new to a diagnosis, which is that you know throw what you know out the, out the window and always be prepared for something new to be to be brought in the window meaning that you know your child simply receives differently you know people from the outside looking in know me as i'm mr present i'm there higher level consciousness and all that kind of stuff but you know if i can be dense anybody can so the idea is to always remember that it's that there's there's a struggle to get out what it is they're trying to get out. There's so much more there than we would know. And who would think that I would need to have someone on here to remind me of that? Now, my wife would probably almost never need that reminder, you know, but um, 
I just, I, I, I just do it. I'm thankful for it. What's that? We all need the reminder. The other night, um, yeah. I had spent, or the during the day, I had spent time with my daughter, and the caregiver was with our son, and it was great. And come inside, we had dinner, and my husband said, "Hey, why don't you go spend time with Kenny?" And it was a good reminder of like, oh, I haven't really sat down and just connected me and him today. So I needed that reminder. And he and our Kenny and I went outside and we hung out with the goats and he got really dirty and it was just nice to have that time together. So even moms or the one who's uh, up to bat most of the time, we need the reminder too. It's, it's not isolated to dads or yeah well in fact i, I was going to say you know the great thing about it is that ken seems to be you know incredibly in involved and conscious and aware um and so we think sean and i think that dads special needs dads similar to our special needs children <laughs> we have the ability to, to to communicate to be deep thinkers but oftentimes we're not or we put ourselves in a box or we compart we're easily compartmentalizing you know the work that we do and and the reality is that this is a, you know, this is a partnership. It takes, yeah. it takes a village. It takes a partnership. It takes a, it takes a, an, an amount of awareness. We, we, we want our children to have great success in the world. And, and part of that is supported by the fact that, that both parents, um, by the way, even if they're co-parents, not in the yeah. same, living in the same house, that both parents it's have that. To have um, both parents 100%. involved and, and cheering the child on uh, that's, that's huge. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think, uh, listen, I, again, hats off to to you both. And, you know, what's so funny is that for folks that, that don't know, when we when we set the conversation up with our with our guests, you know, a little back and forth, we have some some communication. And one of the things that uh, that Natasha said was, uh, um, uh, I'm a I'm an introvert. And uh, <laughs> so if anybody's watching this show thinks that Natasha is an introvert, uh, I think that they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're rethinking what that, uh, what that word actually means, because I mean, honestly, I think for somebody who's, who's really just taken, you know, a practice of what is going to be effective for my child to be able to communicate for me to communicate with my child, you've turned it into a series of books and they, you know, assisted, you know, communication skills and an app and developing a way for people to communicate. Again, you've shared so much here today. It's, it really is, um, amazing contribution that you that you're making to not only the special needs community but i think to every parent who wants to have better level of communication with their children no matter what they're uh, you've contributed to us here today yeah without so, a doubt. Without uh as a doubt. we get ready to head towards wrapping up so we've um sean hall our producer has put a couple links in the chat where what do you have available and where can they find it the books are available on our website. It's www.iwanttotellyoubooks.com. Okay. And mm -hmm. all seven books are there. There's also uh, a little story behind the books, my story, Kenny's story. And when I wrote those pieces, it was really trying to tell from his perspective because our experiences are not the same. Even though we've been through all the events together, um, I when I wrote it, I tried to honor uh, his perspective specifically. Um, we've, I have social media as well. And on social media, I try, if a parent offers a photo of, or a video of their child with the books, then 
I love to post it there. Um, there's no greater honor than when I get an email or message from a parent uh, telling me how much their child loves the books and that they've communicated for the first time. Um, I've had a lot of moms say their child has never said I love you and then they push the I love you button uh, with genuine feeling behind it and wow. that's, it's so rewarding. Wow. That's and I fantastic. think that is, isn't it amazing? Isn't what all parents, they yeah. get blown away by the first <laughs> time their child says, I love you. They're going to teach in speech therapy. You know, you're not going to learn how to say, I love you. You're going to learn how to say more and all done. So you can mm -hmm. generalize into other situations. But what, what fuels the parents to keep going is to hear, I love you. Uh, that is hundred percent. It's everything. It's amazing. Wow. Sean, we're getting close to our. Yeah, we are. We're, we we're at that. We're at that point where uh, we ask uh, all our guests because we are about uh, change, evolution, and the uh, one's ability to change is the key to uh, this world being made a better place. So we always ask our guests the following question, which is, if you can think of one thought or more accurately, a belief that you've held dear. I mean, it's, it's a firm part of who you are all your life that you now feel the opposite or no longer feel the same about? That is quite the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that you, my husband and I were married for 10 years before children. And during that time, uh, we weren't going to have kids. And I even said at one point that um, it I was afraid of having a child who had uh, medical challenges or special needs because of um, what I experienced with my mom. Uh, I was afraid of bringing a, a disabled child into the world and we did. <laughs> and I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, I was wrong by feeling uh, that we should, we wouldn't have kids because I was afraid of uh, what challenges they would have. But here we are. And um, Kenny has made us both better people. Uh, I will never be the same person I was before him. And if it was only Lila, I would still uh, have some of those selfish ambitions or not selfish, but just very self-centered in where you're going in life. And because of Kenny, I um, have a better connection with people in general. I've had the opportunity to work with disabled kids and I want to work more, work with disabled kids even more than um, just my own. I, I have new dreams, new ideas, and those ideas would not have ever even come to mind without him. So um, thinking that I didn't want to have kids or that I was afraid of having a disabled child, uh, I and me and my husband, our marriage is a very different marriage than what it was prior to Kenny also. Um, even though we're tired, um, we are better and stronger together now than what we were before. Hmm. Yeah. I, um, I had that experience with, with my daughter when she was diagnosed, I realized how, how, while I was present, how little I was actually present. Um, and it just, it gave me special, special focus and just 
awareness. So I think that that's beautiful. Well, we told you that the hour was going to go by quickly. I don't know if um, how you feel about Did it. Did it go by fast? Us, Did you think so? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, yes. it always it always flies by. There's so much more that we can talk about, and we're hoping to get a chance to you know to have you on again and and to talk further. And um, you know, folks should go to I want to tell you books dot dot com and and you know see what Natasha is doing. It's it's brilliant. Look for an app. It's going to be coming out. And as we as we develop our outreach, uh, Natasha, we're going to continue to communicate that to to our readership and and our viewership, and hopefully we'll get you know again tighten this tighten this web in this amazing community so thank you for taking the time today and and thank being so with much. us and, and as i said in the very beginning communication is you know it's so critical to everything that we do isn't that amazing you know disagreements um a lot of the stuff that's happening in the country in the world today you know a lot of it is tied to the fact that we have an inability sometimes to communicate to mm -hmm. one another, especially um, communication without empathy or love. And so I always say when I end the show is now is the time more than ever to, you know, have empathy um, for the for your neighbor, for your for the people around you. And uh, and if you look at folks in their situation with an expression of love, it will change everything. So um, today was a very special. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the fact that, you know, you get your child to say, I love you whether it's through a communi communicative assisted device or, or they say it verbally, or if it makes you happy, <laughs> you know, those are, those are meaningful moments for all of us. So Natasha, thank you again for the reminder and thank everybody for who's, who's catching us live on Facebook. Please share this with your, with your friends, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we're on social media and on WSTX AM radio, our family down in uh, us Virgin islands. Uh, we love you. And thank you for, for being a part of what we do and um, sean and i while we do it well we have a different business that we operate professionally um our lives are given to us by this podcast and the work that we do with this community so um again thank you again for for participating as audience member and as our our guest today and uh with that i'll throw it over to sean to, to close us out uh all i can say is wow uh natasha just Thank you so very much for um, allowing me to shine a light on myself. <laughs> be remind, being reminded of that which I didn't think I needed to be reminded of, or I should say I forgot that I needed to be reminded of. Um, for everyone that tunes in every week on every platform, um, my family in the Virgin Islands uh, listening on WSDX, thank you so very much. And as always, um, you know, we like to say that there is no such thing as special needs. Everyone has the same need. Everyone needs to be heard. Everyone needs to be seen, needs to know that they matter and needs to know that they're loved. Um, anyone that has a, a, a disability or diagnosis, um, whether it's a cognitive disorder or whatever the case might be, a catastrophic injury, you might need more of the same thing that everyone else needs, but everyone needs the same thing. And I want to make sure that I give a, a thank you to uh, the most prominent women in my life, which is uh, my mom, Jan, and my amazing wife, Laura. I could not begin to attempt to be who I hope to be without them. And um, I'm also going to not only thank my son, Elijah, but I think it makes sense to sign off every every show with just, you know, thinking of what follows if it makes you happy. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you again you. next week. Thank you, Natasha. It's great to thank have you. Much. All right. Goodbye, everybody.